0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, May 5th. Blessed and happy Cinco de Mayo to all of you and um, wishing you God's joy, God's goodness, uh, wherever you are and uh, wherever this finds you today. Um, Let's continue through John's gospel, shall we? Uh, We are going to hear the exact same gospel right down to the verse. Uh, that we heard on Sunday in our uh, reading on the weekend. So it is John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. We're going to hear about the uh, vine and the branches, okay? So let's uh, open up God's word together today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every one that does he prunes so that it bears more fruit. You are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for those of you in the Keel St. Anne area, you know that I'm the one who gave the reflection on this uh, reading this weekend. And so you are going to hear some of the same things that you heard, because frankly, I'm not that smart and really don't have a lot of new to say. But I, wa- I do want to say one other thing uh, and add on to, to what I did. So bottom line is, if you noticed in that gospel, and it was hard not to notice Jesus uses the refrain, not the refrain, the three words, that phrase, remain in me five times. I mean, the, the gospel was only eight verses long, right? But he tells us five times, remain in me as I remain in you. If, if you do, you're going to bear much fruit, fruit that will last. But if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna wither up and die and, and 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 people are gonna throw you on the fire. I mean any fruit that you produce, if you are not remaining with the vine, is gonna be fruit made in our image, right? And that cannot last. It's not meant to last. It's not made to do that. We are not made to make fruit that will last. Only one thing will make fruit that will last and that is the one who gives life, the life giver, the one to whom we much attach ourselves. And, and what I said then, and meaning this weekend, it certainly didn't become untrue in the last three days, is the law of nature, and whether that is human nature, whether that is, is natural life, whether that is spiritual life, the law of nature is this. That to which we associate closely, that to which we remain, that to which we tie ourselves, we will begin to look like. And I used a number of examples that I won't go into today, but about how my mother and her sister uh, looked exactly alike and how they spoke and their mannerisms and the twinkle in their eye and their love to laugh, or how spouses, the more that they are together and the longer that they begin to think alike and 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 approach uh, the world in, in a similar manner and, and desire the same things out of life. And... Um, and, and, of course, I had to pick on my father-in-law, but that's another story. But that to which we associate ourselves, that to which we cling, that to which we tie ourselves, we will become like. And that is not only true with sisters or spouses. It is most true with Christ. If we separate ourselves, we will die. That very act of separating ourselves... Uh, It it separates us from the the source of life. But to the extent to which we tie ourselves to it, that life continues to flow in and through us. And that growth that happens out of that will be growth from God's perspective and, and growth in the area and the way that we need to grow because his sap, God's sap, is running through us. That is what we need. Brothers and sisters, we, we, we worry and we're anxious about many things in our lives. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be anxious about some of those things. But really, there's only one thing that we need to, to be anxious about. I mean, it's the same thing Jesus said to Martha, right? When she was complaining about Mary sitting at his feet and not helping with the dishes and, and was serving. And he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious about many things, Uh, you, You need only be anxious about one. And Mary has chosen the better part. And what was Mary doing? She was sitting at his feet. Brothers and sisters, we are anxious about so many things in our life. I don't know what you're anxious about today. I know things I'm anxious about today. And our God looks at that and says, stop. Only one thing matters. Only one thing. And that is to remain in Christ." And how you choose to do that, brothers and sisters, how I choose to do it. One, it's a personal choice that only you can make for yourself. Nobody else can. Only I can make it for me. But how I do it, you know, you're listening to this podcast. That is certainly one way to do it. And our prayer life, and how we immerse ourselves in Scripture, or or with one another, uh, or or uh, in the Eucharist, uh, or or in service. Uh, or in, uh, in, in the books we read, in the movies we, we watch, whatever it is. How we immerse ourselves, that to which we tie ourselves, we will grow more like. It's like the story of the, uh, the old Jewish rabbi and the gal uh, who decided she didn't want to go to synagogue anymore. And after a few weeks of not seeing this woman at synagogue, the, the rabbi went to her house And they were sitting in front of her fireplace and they were just sitting there watching the fire and not speaking much. And after a while, the uh, rabbi took the tongs into the hottest part of the fire and took out an ember that was glowing and he set it aside outside the fire. Then he put the tongs back and they just went back to sitting. And within five minutes, that ember which would have been glowing and, and burning brightly had turned ashen gray. And the woman simply turned to the rabbi and said, I'll be at synagogue on Sunday. Brothers and sisters, that to which we tie ourselves, we grow like. That to which we remain. And that decision is ours. Christ says five times, remain in me. We're invited. Will we choose to say yes? The other thing I want to talk about, I did not talk about this weekend, um, but I think it's worth talking about, and I'll just do it briefly, is the idea of purgatory. You know, we Catholics, uh, there may be some non-Catholics listening to this, and bless you, by the way, and thank you for being part of, of this podcast, who say, ah, oh, purgatory, that's just a weird Catholic thing. Well, first of all, it kind of, yeah, it kind of is. Uh, so let's But let's embrace that, Catholics, because it's a wonderful weird Catholic thing. But I think a lot of people, and and this, I I think, goes for Catholics as well as non-Catholics, we kind of look at purgatory as this, you know, middle time-out type of place. Okay, you're not good enough to get into heaven. You're not bad enough to be sent to hell. But you're just kind of in that middle. So it's like going in the corner. You know, okay, you go in the corner for uh, 50 years and you sit there. Or you swim in this lake of fire. Or you, you know, stand on your head over here, you know, doing whatever. Whatever it is that our vision of purgatory is for X amount of time. And once you've done your time, okay, you can get into heaven. And so it's like this long time out, this punishment. I don't know if any of you think that way. And if you do, bless you. But bless you and throw it out because that's really not it at all. It's not this middle punishment type of place. And once you've served your time, you've done your time in the correctional institute, then you can go in. It's this idea that Jesus speaks about in the scripture verse, which is pruning. I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. He takes away every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And every one that does, he prunes so that it bears more fruit. Brothers and sisters, every one of us have have done pruning or or know what pruning is. I mean, it's cutting out all that undergrowth or whatever so that the sun can get at, at what is important. It's cutting away all this excess that is overgrown, that doesn't need to be part of it. In another sense, use the idea of the old snowball rolling down the hill, that it picks up all these extra things as it grows, which is wonderful, but all of a sudden you got twigs over here and leaves over here and sticks over here and rocks over here and all this stuff that doesn't need to be part of it. Well, it has to go away, right? That's the idea of purgatory, brothers and sisters. It's, it's that idea of purging, purgation. We know that nothing unclean, we know nothing that is not of God will not enter the kingdom of God. And, and, and brothers and sisters, you and I are created in the image and likeness of God. We have said yes to God. That's our idea we're called to remain in Christ as best we can. But even upon my death, I know there are going to be habits, there are going to be attitudes, there are going to be ways I think, there are going to be struggles that I have carried all my life that I carry with me to the gates of the, the kingdom. And those are going to have to be left behind. Those are going to have to be pruned from me. And, and to the extent that our God uses this time on earth to prune them, we praise God and we call that part of purgatory, that purging, that purgation that needs to take place until there is nothing left within us but that pure snow, nothing left in us but those branches that will bear fruit and not will, will uh, blot out the sun or or are dead branches that no longer need to be part of my plant? That's all what we're talking about. And here's what I think. If you've ever read, uh, and I'm going to do a terrible job of of talking about it, but C.S. Lewis is *The Great Divorce*. It's a it's a short book. I read it years ago. The last time I read it was probably 10, 12 years ago. Um, and so forgive, I'm going to do a, a just a grass a thumbnail sketch uh, of it. And those of you who have read it, <laughs> you may be thinking, he's doing a thumbnail sketch of that book? He doesn't sound like it at all. Well, <laughs> at least it's the parts I remember. Here's what I remember. It's kind of a purgatorial, a purgation idea where people that die are, are, are brought upon this bus to the gates of the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is still kind of a long way away, but they're brought in the outskirts. Let me say, use that phrase, the outskirts of the kingdom. And they are met there by people they knew in their life, some of them loved ones, some of them not so loved. But they get off this bus, and immediately the ground upon which they walk, which looks beautiful and everything, if memory serves, but it, it's like uh, glass. It's like sharp razors on their feet. Um, and, and And it's very painful for them. And these loved ones or these people in their life have to help convince them, if I can, or companion them uh, to this mountain miles away that they have to journey there. And, uh, and the journey is going to be painful because they're going to be going over this painful ground. Um, but it's absolutely well worth the journey. But they have free will to enter back into that bus or to go with their loved ones. So that's really all I'll talk about in that. But I love the idea that Lewis gets to, that even, brothers and sisters, that purgatorial idea, that, that it doesn't take place just in this life, that pruning, that, that purging, but there is also in the afterlife that, that, that idea. And that's what we call purgatory. And then that's it. And, and we praise and thank God for this idea that our God knows what doesn't belong in the kingdom. And what needs to be pruned? God won't be fooled. It's not like, ah, you know, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, therefore I don't have to to worry about anything else or any of my attitudes and shit. Well, no. All of those things, all those are barnacles that have to be scrubbed off the the boat before it enters into the harbor. And so God won't be fooled. How do we allow God to prune us today? So we're not just waiting for this purgatorial time and place. Uh, to, to rub us and brush us clean in the blood of Christ and the mercy and grace, but in real ways that, uh, that, that we need to be changed in order that we can enter into that kingdom. I've spoken enough. Let's uh, take it to prayer, my friends. And so we began, of course, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The, uh, what are we on? We're on the glorious, the third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit. My friends, thanks for uh, listening today. God's blessings to you uh, in the midst of whatever is going on. And uh, let's come back together. Let's break open God's word again tomorrow. God's peace.